If you're a human being, you have a story. If you have a story, you must say it out. Okay, it's the Charcha cast with me today, Nikhil Taneja. Nikhil, how are you today? I'm good, Nick. Thank you so much. Nikhil, uh, of course, uh, CEO, co-founder of Yuva, also on the global advisory board for the Goalkeepers, uh, which is part of the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation. Um, and Yuva is, a, well, how would you describe Yuva? It's a purpose-driven youth media company. I think one of its kind, uh, we try to, I think the most important part of Yuva is that we're all media companies are one-way communication, we are a two-way, we kind of engage with young people as well. But uh, philosophically, what we're trying to do at Yuva is that we're trying to make young people feel less alone with our content. So you're creating content for video, TV, yeah. that sort of thing, yeah. um, but that has a purpose, right? Yeah. That's sort of helping connect people and make young people not feel alone. Yeah. You're also a writer, producer, um, and in your spare time, somehow you're a TV critic. <laughs> so I thought we'd start with what is the best show on Netflix right now? Uh, I'm going to give you three actually. Okay. It's very tough to choose just one. Uh, Stranger Things, that's a popular one. Okay. That's the one that, uh, and I think Stranger Things is one of those shows that has come out of nowhere and, and shown the capability of, of web shows as a medium hmm. to have a, a create a new mythology in today's world uh, and, and make everyone care about it to this extent. Uh, I, I just love Stranger Things. I think it's everything right with content. Uh, there's Bojack Horseman. I don't know if you've seen that. Yeah, that is the right answer. <laughs> I, w I was waiting for you to say anything, and I was going to say that's the wrong answer. The best show on Netflix is Bojack Horseman. Yeah. No, oh I, God, I, I, I started with the popular one so that, okay, uh, you know, we have the masses like this. And then. God, my respect for you <laughs> just went like. <laughs> Bojack Horseman, without a doubt, is uh, perhaps, I think, existential crisis. I think what we are facing as a generation uh, of people who have grown up with the internet in this world, uh, there is nothing better uh, than Bojack Horseman to, to describe and make it really, really funny as well, right? Uh, and then the third show is actually a very underseen, underrated show. It's a British show, actually, and I'm just, I always get so surprised why it's not seen so much. It's called Lovesick. Hmm. You know, and it's, yeah, it's one of those recommendations that I just give. I, I personally feel responsible to tell everybody <laughs> I meet about the show and be like, you must see this. Okay. Uh, it's a rom-com about, uh, uh, it's got a hilarious premise. There's this guy who gets a, a sexually transmitted disease and he needs to call up all his ex-girlfriends and tell them Jesus. about it and check with them, are you okay? But uh, it's a show about friendship. It's a show about uh, what love means in the uh, for the millennial generation. And uh, yeah, it's just absolutely lovely. So I want to come back to Bojack Horseman for yeah. a second because <laughs> I think it's a great it's a great sort of segue to something that you're passionate about. Yeah. It's mental health, yeah. right? Yeah. And that show for me yeah. is, and you, and you're so you're passionate about mental health and you're passionate about purpose driven content. Yeah. But in an entertaining way, yeah. and that and that show, Bojack yeah. Horseman, ticks all those boxes Correct. for me, right? Because it's a very like stark look yeah. at mental health and some yeah. pretty troubling stuff. Yeah. It's really entertaining. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so I mean, what what do you what do you take away from that show, and and how does that sort of like help you inspire you to sort of the type of programming you're doing? 
you know uh, unfortunately and i love how you have described it you know and it ticks all these boxes unfortunately the way we have looked at uh, you know anything that is socially conscious in the past whenever in the past you look at socially conscious it's always come with a certain amount of messaging the moral of the story is it's preachy yeah it's preachy right so it's 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 psas it's two minute ads it's stuff that is meant to make you cry it's stuff that you see it and you you know you get this smell okay this is a socially conscious is a content uh, versus what is happening which is beautiful right now is that uh, uh, there's so much that needs to be said in the world and creators are finding a way creators know that the best way to do it is actually through entertainment right. so boja khosman you never actually when you look at when you watching when you first start watching boja khosman you're not looking at it as a show about mental health you're watching it as a show about this washed up you know uh, actor and you know and 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 the shenanigans that he does which it's is it's a cartoon it's, horse it's, it's a cartoon horse exactly it's it's hilarious they just it's so funny and then suddenly you're hit with these you know existential you know uh, uh, this is one line uh, that uh, uh, you know that I I actually have it framed because I just uh, of the boja cosman that I love so much uh, which says that uh, uh, it's not going to be easy i mean like it, it, it's the the boja cosman has reached that place in his life where he's just about to give up and then he there's this donkey i think or was it a another horse that is just running by who stops and just gives him this nugget of wisdom and see, and he says uh, um it's uh, uh, not going to be easy uh uh you will get over it but you have to do it every day and Oh, I'm not able to get the right one. I'm sorry. I'm not able to get the right two lines. But it's a beautiful, beautiful line about how it's you. It's it's very hard to get it right. But as long as you do it every day, you will get it right. Huh. You know, it's very hard to make sure that you get over whatever you're going through. But the only thing is, uh, you have to do it every day. You know, and it's beautiful. It just gives me so many nuggets of wisdom. You know, on a, if I had to take another route to explain what socially conscious content can look like, Black Panther. One billion dollars, yeah. right? One yeah. billion dollars. One of the most entertaining uh, movies, you know, superhero films that you have seen. You know, something that empowered an entire community that didn't see itself being represented. That is socially conscious as well. Why? Because everything within the movie, the setups, the the uh, the conversations, you know, about about the zoom, the two different sides of of black activism, you know, which are being spoken of in that film, and it is done as a superhero series by Ryan Coogler with the uh, you know with fabulous fabulous music you know and and that is really what socially conscious content can be and when you look at it today anything that is representative in so many different ways is socially conscious so i think the boundaries of what should be purpose driven socially conscious and what can be entertaining uh, is is just blurred uh, right now and i'm so glad because otherwise i think we've also reached this place where if it's just entertainment you know uh, somewhere we just feel like what are we taking away you know i think somewhere we also feel like we've spent this amount of time uh, uh it comes down to victory or loss i don't know if i if i'm explaining this right but it really comes down to whether you win or lose if if you're watching something right now there's a certain amount of investment of time time is the most important resource in yeah. today's world yeah. if you're giving something a bit of time and and it works for you you know you've won and you're just like wait i just gained something because of this but if it doesn't work for you and it's not good you just feel like okay what did i really do and you know so it 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 kind of mood uplifter not just in a way of entertainment but also what you gain and lose from your life but what about this classic argument that um you know on on the pure entertainment side it's escapism right yeah. it's uh, god i have my my 
I'm having a fight at work or you know, uh, my, my got fired or my, my kids are driving me crazy or whatever. And I go into this movie theater and I sit down for two hours and I watch something totally mindless and it's just like an escape, right? Like, isn't there room for that as well or no? So, so uh, you know, I have always uh, uh, heard this argument from everyone. And I just think that in, I don't think any entertainment is mindless, number one. You know, because... Uh, um, it takes a lot of effort to put anything together. You, the shittiest thing you see, <laughs> the worst thing you see that you might be like, oh, this is just mindless. It takes a lot of effort you to put hundreds and hundreds of people need to come together to make a bad film. You know, so A, it's not mindless. There's a lot of minds coming together for even that. Within that, mm -hmm. if there's something that you don't actually take away, that's that's subjective, right? There are people who I have seen films. Uh, one of my favorite films is the film called Andaz Apna Apna. Okay, it's this Indian film. It is absolutely, completely mindless in that sense. But it has it it has taught me so much about comedy. It has taught me so much about humor. It is my my handle on Instagram and all social media is, is Taneja Mehu which means I am Taneja and it's it's a pun on something that is said in that film huh. which released in the early 90s which is Teja Mehu Mar Kedhar Hai so I call myself Taneja Mehu you know etc but the reason that I love it even though it doesn't have purpose to it etc etc the purpose of it was to make us laugh there is a purpose. Ah, okay. The purpose of, of it is to make us feel good about ourselves in that moment. So I, I, I don't think there is anything as mindless entertainment in any case. Then what is the purpose? Oh, I'm going to pick on an American, <laughs> but I, that's okay. What is the purpose of Iron Man? Again, see, I think, I think f it's so important that uh, for, for everyone in the world, uh, it's, life is tough, right? Life is not easy. You know, there are... Of course, you know, being in the State Department, you know that at a socio-political level, there's so much happening in the world. But individual life is also not easy, right? Mm. Like in everybody's life on a daily basis, there's just so much you have to overcome. And it could be the tiniest things. It could be as tiny as, okay, today my cooker is not working. You know, and you're just like, man, I have to go to office. I have to do this. I have to do that. I have to meet these people. And in the middle of this, Suddenly, an, an, an electronic gadget has blown up and I have to now find a way to fix it. it. It can be as small as that. It could be as big as I've lost someone in my life. It could be as as problematic as there is a problem that is happening in the world socio-politically that is, that is an issue. In the middle of all of that, you, there is, you need something that makes you feel like all of this is not entirely pointless. Huh. You need to kind of take a moment to just forget about what is happening and be with yourself and be with something that makes you feel good about yourself. Sometimes it's a great conversation. Sometimes it's just hanging out with a friend for a very long time. And sometimes it's a Marvel film <laughs> that you go in a theater and you know you're guaranteed to come out with a smile on your face. That's the purpose of Iron Man. But that's one purpose. I think the other purpose always, I think superheroes, uh, overall, I just think empower uh, young people in a very, very big way. That's interesting. Yeah, you know, because I, I, I come to a movie like that as an adult now, obviously. Yeah. But this, but if you look back as a kid or something, right? Yeah. They are there to to inspire and make you feel yeah. like anything's possible. Absolutely. And uh, okay, I'll give Iron Man. A pass. <laughs> yeah. uh, so. Um, Moving a little bit then to creating yeah. sort of purpose-driven content, yeah. when you set out to make something, are you thinking of, okay, I want to do something on mental health or yeah. TB, and then how do I frame it? Or do you sort of start with a, what would be really entertaining, and yeah. then how do we insert 
something socially conscious into it? Like, yeah. what's the process? I think it, it's a far more organic than that. Hmm. I think the organic uh, uh, part of it lies in the fact of what is it that I care about? You know, uh, and uh, what what means something to me? What is meaningful to me right now that may be also meaningful to other people, right? Now, of course, as, as content creators, are, are we are making this for other people. Mm -hmm. You're not just making it for yourself. Otherwise, you'll make a home video and, you know, sit at, watch it and be like, oh, I'm so great, right? You're making it for other people. So is this something that you feel collectively that that is meaningful to you? An issue that you guys everybody collectively is caring for right now or you feel there's an issue that needs to be cared about more you know because it's a prevalent issue a pervasive issue and and unfortunately not many people are are doing something about it but overall for any content creator any writer any producer any director unless it is something that you feel very strongly about i i always feel that you know the best art comes from uh, uh, you know people who care most strongly like if you have to make a film it's a, and uh, the best film will always be from that person who if he doesn't he or she does not make the film they'll die you know it has to be that that's the best film like i would i feel like jo if if jordan peel would not have made get out i don't think he would have like survived <laughs> you get it but where, but where does i, I got to be honest with you yeah. i'm not that passionate about anything right like i can't <laughs> there's nothing that i get, like if i didn't do something or make something i, I don't know what that thing is i'd be like ah. like wh where does that come from though that that, that sort of if i don't make it i'm going to die I know. I think. I think it's 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 a it's a it's about art and why do you even? I know. So there are people obviously, uh, you know, who think that art is time pass, right? It's just okay. It's something that you do. I think creativity though is is the best form of expression. It is it is how you express yourself. Like we express, you know, most people express with themselves with words, with actions, etc. I think there is another form. Creativity in many ways is therapy for a lot of people, mm. whether it's just drawing, whether it is uh, creating something for, uh, you know, a visual medium, whether it is, you know, creating something for an audio medium. It is about expression. There is something inside of me that I need to put outside. And I always feel the philosophy of you also comes from something that I have very strongly felt in. Uh, either it makes me feel less alone or it makes someone else feel less alone. That's really what it is. I think all of us have something that we want. All of us in the world somewhere just want to belong. And the way expression and creativity helps us bridge that gap. When I put something out and you connect with it, I know that I belong because you have connected with it. You know, because I know that I'm not alone in the way that I feel. Nick feels the same way. That's the reason Nick has liked it. Hmm. And then for, for Nick watching this, you are seeing something and you're like, oh my God, I've always felt like this and there's somebody who's made it. So clearly I'm not alone. So somewhere it is a you know, art in many ways makes people belong. It's a community. Uh, people who watch entertainment, who watch uh, content. I feel that they're a large part of a global community of people who are just looking to belong in some way or the other. Yeah, but how do you how do you find that community, right? If you've got your your thing, if, if you don't have a large Hollywood studio yeah. behind you, yeah. and you've got this thing that I, I have to put this out or I'm going to die, and you, <laughs> and you make it, you make it on YouTube, and yeah. it's whatever it is. Um, how, where's that person who's feeling alone and wants to con like? How do I find that the connection? Internet, inter the internet is 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 magic, right? Right now, you know, the internet has democratized every form of expression. Uh, let me not even talk about internet. TikTok, right? Let's just talk about TikTok, which which is looked down upon by a lot of people as oh, this is cringe, uh, you know, stuff. This is not cool. This is not fun. This is who are these people? What are they doing? This is not art at all. Uh, but at the at the base level, 
TikTok, see, we have unfortunately kept boundaries to art. Like, even the, the reason you're asking this question is because our understanding of art and our understanding of creativity is that it takes a certain amount of money to be able to put together a movie. It takes a certain amount of studio and a lot of production to be able to create something at a global level. But that's not what art is. Art can genuinely be you making a, you know, one minute piece with a beginning middle end which is you talking to a camera you know that is also art who are who are we to put restrictions and boundaries on what art can be so tiktok is i i feel one of the most free flowing forms of expression of people who have no who don't have the access the opportunities the money as those people who are getting who have the privilege of being in bollywood or hollywood and any of the world cinemas and you know have the money to be able to pull it off. That's art as well. And every form of art matters. Every creative expression matters. As long as you're getting to... And, and I'm telling you, there's always an audience. You know, and, and the internet has this magical thing that it finds its audience. So, okay, I agree, I agree that the 10-second that the, the, the <laughs> TikTok video is art and that it, if it helps someone express themselves yeah. or it gives someone an opportunity to say something that they absolutely want to say yeah. and it's a platform for it, it's amazing, right? Yeah. It's something we didn't have 20 yeah. years ago. There was nowhere to do it. But I think this whole idea of finding an audience it, money does kind of matter, right? Like, if, if I have a million dollars to promote uh, my TikTok video, you know, through ads and the rest of it, that's going to get a lot more exposure and it's going to connect with a lot more people than if, if it's just I put it up there and my three friends see it. See, it, it might uh, get a lot of exposure, but it may not connect with a lot of people even then. Like, hmm. I, have you have you heard of Cats, the film that released in you know America last year? It's got Taylor Swift in it. It's got uh, uh, James Corden in it. It's got a bunch of Hollywood biggies in it, and it's a massive flop. Uh, well, Cats is a terrible musical to begin with, so it, it's sure, rightfully exactly. a flop. But, yeah. um. <laughs> but I'm just saying, you know, it's got global. They have put God knows how many millions of dollars yeah. of getting it across. It's not connected with anybody. Why? As you said, it's a bad piece of content for for a large amount of people. All apologies, yeah. Lloyd Webber, whoever put um, it Yeah, yes. I mean, you know, uh, the film, I, I've not seen the musical, but the film, you know, I mean, sucks, everyone's yeah. seen it and, and critics have reviled it and pretty much said it's terrible. But uh, uh, even that would has like five people who are like, no, no, it's actually great. It's made for those five people, which is fine. I did just unfortunately made at that level that five people is not a good enough audience. <laughs> but TikTok, now it's being made for those three people. Now, if those three people connect with it and they tell three other people who tell three other people, even if that one video gets nine people to begin with and then the next video gets 18 people and the next after that and so on and so forth till they get 900, 9,000. That's how internet works, right? You don't, you don't, it, it really depends on what you have to say and how many different people is it going to connect with. Some people are still not doing this for followers. They're just doing it to express. You know, they're just like, I'm going to put this out. If someone follows me, likes it, shares it, great. If not, I just want to do it. You know, and that's the beauty of the internet. You know, why does it even matter? Sometimes you're not just doing it for anybody else. As I said, you're just doing it to make yourself feel less alone. Yeah, and, and I mean, and that's a good message too, right? Yeah. That that don't be discouraged if you think there's a lack of that, that you're going to put something up and and only you yeah. and your mom are going to see it, right? That yeah. sometimes <laughs> sometimes the act of creating it just in and of itself yeah. is therapeutic. I yeah. mean, heck, they call it art therapy, right? Like Absolutely. that's that's a whole thing. Absolutely. Um, so if you've got a phone, yeah. everyone's got a phone. Yeah. Put it in front of you. Say something. Put it up and yeah. do it every day. Yeah. Um, Okay, so let's talk a little bit about Yuva, though. Sure. This is a good sort of transition into that. Tell me a little bit more about how it evolved and, and what types of things you're <coughs> working on. 
You, you know, it's always uh, difficult for me to explain how this came about because there's so many different things that happened in my life that led to it. Uh, one of which being Yashraj. You know, I used to uh, work in Yashraj Films, which is India's biggest movie studio. I was heading development for the youth wing called Y Films. Uh, at Y Films in 2014-2015, we were the studio that actually made India's third web series. You know, overall, right? So cool. Before Netflix, before Amazon, yeah. uh, it was a show called Man's World, which we actually did in association with the United Nations and the uh, Sustainable Development Goals, um, and uh, that blew up. Uh, then we did a series called Bang Baja Bara, that blew up. All the stuff we did at Y Films was actually socially conscious. Uh, we did a show about sex education. We did a show about uh, transgender uh, rights. I mean, it was a pop musical that we created that ended up winning the Cannes Grand Prix Glass Lion. Wow. So yeah, yeah. So we, I mean, in in two years, really? absolutely. That's, that's pretty yeah, cool, pretty, right? Pretty crazy. Yeah. In in two years, uh, I mean, from uh, feminism to I mean, trans trans rights to sex education to gender equality, we made all of these shows. They were super entertaining, and uh, they we we managed. To make get two million followers, hundred million views in wow. two years in 2015-16, you know, and um, that a made me realize that if we are doing socially conscious entertainment and socially conscious entertainment, there is an audience for it because the new generation of young people needs it. How did I know that? Because I was a teacher for seven years. I was teaching at a college called Jaihind, uh, where I was a professor of journalism. But I would do a lot of mental health advocacy uh, as part of my uh, course. What I would realize, Nick, and this is something that I mean, I, I think the most I'm most grateful in my life for the time that I was a teacher. Most grateful for 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 that purely because I think I wasn't just teaching; I was just learning, and that's what young people are, right? You learn so much from them. They are they have these passionate views. They come from uh, they're not cynical. They're not skeptic about what is the world. They just put themselves out there. Uh, they're vulnerable in that sense, and I learned that. In a class of fifty students, every young person is going through something. Hmm. But unfortunately, as content creators, we have this idea of what young people are, which is so different from who they really are. So, in in Bollywood, you know, if you see any youth film, it's typically a romantic comedy. That's it. The, you know, Bollywood believes that young people only fall in love. They do nothing else with their time. They don't have jobs. They don't have friends. They are only out there looking for someone that they can uh, get laid with or get married to. That's it. That's literally the idea of young people in in Bollywood. Uh, uh, and it's just sad. So who are those movies for? What's the what's the purpose? <laughs> it is see, see it is it is it is it is right. It is for those people who and unfortunately again if I have to go into this, this is a very long uh, thing. But but to quickly summarize, those films are really in India we. Uh, for young people, it's how do I explain this? Uh, society typically art is created, you know, for uh, um, you know, as a reflection of society. Okay, that's typically the art. You know, something is happening in society. Art is created to reflect that. Let's say Black Panther, very very uh, best example reflects what is happening in the world, uh, uh, socio politically in in the black community as well, and it's made as as a response to that. In India, society is actually a reflection of art. I'm not even kidding, right? So in India, the, the, you look back as long as you look back, people actually behave after watching. The impact of Bollywood has been so massive. One example on in our in our religious festivals, people dance to something that's, like dance that's numbers. That's so true. Yeah, dance numbers from Bollywood films. 
and and you know it's it's sad but there's something called the item number which is a really tragic thing that you're calling a girl an item and you're calling it an item number girls dancing in less yes. clothes those songs are played in a religious festivals for people to dance on that is the impact of bollywood in this world Switzerland has an entire has a statue of a film called Dilwale Dulhaniya Le Jayenge. Ah, uh, uh, you know there, there there's a whole <laughs> that is a film of Yashraj films. It's one of the most popular Indian films ever made, and it took place in Switzerland. And Switzerland tourism has changed forever because of that one film. You know, so there is there is a huge impact. So this is I'm a, I'm a scuba diver, and someone had told me that there was an, an, a Bollywood film that featured scuba diving or something, and that Zindagi all of a sudden yeah. launched like Zindagi. people wanting to go and get a selfie underwater. Zindagi Milegina Dubara. It took place in Europe and people started taking Euro trips after that. Yeah. You know, Del Chahata hai, a film that made Goa cool. Goa was a place where families used to go to. I remember with my parents when I was young, my father took me to Goa. You know, and after that film, Del Chahata hai, where a bunch of three friends go to Goa for like a college trip. Goa changed forever. It became a place for young people because of that one film. So that's the impact of Bollywood. So, so, the, so it's actually the other way around. That Bollywood has started creating rom-coms. So people in young people in India feel that the only thing they require in their life is love. Ah, it's, yeah, it's, right. It's it's weird, yeah. right? And this is what I would realize, the dissonance. Because I'd hear these young people, somebody saying, I have a mental health issue. Somebody is talking about the fact that, uh, you know, they want to take this career, but the parents are not allowing them. Somebody is talking about something as serious as sexual harassment. And all I see are romantic comedies. You know? Right, and so I think, uh, and God, not to put my, because yeah. I hated it when old people would tell me what I thought when I was a young person, but... If I'm 20 years old and I've got I'm I f I'm have anxiety or whatever it is or I I my I'm fighting with my parents I'm doing poorly in school or something I'm thinking God I'm supposed to be out looking for love like this is what I'm supposed <laughs> to be doing right absolutely. now right like this absolutely is and and the problem what and and you know the thing is that uh, there's so many uh, you know how there's so much to explain uh, over here you know because I, I talk a lot about young people I also give a lot of talks and etc and so my understanding of this is a very um, uh, historically etc so just to very quickly try to summarize this um, earlier what used to happen the previous generation I would say even before the Millennials the way boys and girls gender worked in India and has always worked in India India is a patriarchal society that's the one thing that everybody kind of just agrees to India is a patriarchal society and uh, in India the way that it's always worked is movies in movies there's a man called the hero yeah. in India it's not called an actor it's not called lead actor it's called hero because he does he's meant to do heroic things the hero will save the world. The hero will beat up the villain. The hero will save the girl from the villain and save the world in the process. What does the girl who's called the heroine do? She dances. That's it. The heroine doesn't do anything heroic. She gets saved by the boy. She dances while she's, he's saving her. She dances while he's saving the world. She dances while he's saving the villain. Literally, there's a, one of the most popular Indian films is a film called Shole, in which the heroine is caught by the villain and there is a whole sequence where like you have to dance now. This is... And so, so unfortunately, the reason also patriarchy has, you know, been such a big problem is because our, our films have, you know, ma made this notion even more popular that men are supposed to be the ones who kind of carry the burden of the world on their shoulders, whereas women are just supposed to dance. And they're just supposed to be, you know, while the men chase them, they're supposed to be chased by. And, and if while the men woo them, they are just supposed to either say yes or no. And that's been the problem. 
And th sorry, this just makes me think, I, I heard this thing recently uh, talking about young girls and young women that if you set low expectations, they'll meet them, <laughs> right? Like, and, and, yeah, and, and yeah. if that's the... Yeah, it's tragic, yeah. but yeah, absolutely. You know, and, and what has changed essentially is, is a new generation of young people. The internet, again, has changed everything, Nick. And this is what is happening, and most people don't realize it, and that's also why UI has been created in many ways. There's a new generation of young people called the Gen Z, right? Uh, it's, it's fascinating, but until 2000, I would say, before 2000, there's not a single two Indians who had anything in common. You can look at any two Indians, anyone, any two Indians in the world, they have nothing in common. We don't have the same color of the skin. We don't have the mm -hmm. same, uh, you know, in America, at least, even if the people who are immigrants, English is the bare requirement. Yeah, right? So everyone that. speaks one language. At least that is in common, you know. But in um, with India, there's nothing, any two people, caste, community, creed, religion, blah, 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 nothing in common, except the vague notion of what it means to be an Indian, right? Now, but after 2000, Almost all young Indians have had this one thing in common, which is that almost all, almost all of them have grown up, grown up on the mobile phone. Yeah. Almost entirely. What that has done is it has made one generation feel very similarly in the way they think, in the way they believe. There is still, of course, many, many different things among them. But the fact that they've grown up over here has meant one very simple thing. They have had access to information and awareness about the world much younger than any generation before. Yeah, yeah. How does that change? So far, when I was a millennial, when I was growing up, my parents would tell me, this is the way the world works. And I'd believe them. Why? Because I had no other reason not to, right? Yeah. So the patriarchy would tell me, this is what you have to do as a man. And I'd be like, cool. This makes sense. Why? Because there's no other... Bollywood also says the same thing. Right. There is nothing else that proves me wrong, proves it wrong. I don't read newspapers. I'm too young. <laughs> you know, so I just believe it. And then the internet comes. And then you realize, no, no, wait. There's more thing to the world than just what your parents or your society has taught you. The internet has empowered a 12-year-old, a 13-year-old in India today to actually question their parents. When their parents tell you this is the way the world works, they say, no, will not. Imagine a girl who's been told that your purpose in life is actually to find a good boy and get married. And the girl is like, no, it isn't. Why? Because I've, I know about this world called feminism. And the mother is like, what, what are you talking about? And then the girl doesn't want to behave in the way that all women so far have behaved. And that's what's changing the generation essentially. But what is happening, unfortunately, is because the parents don't understand. And society at large is not understanding this change. Young people today are going through so many mental health issues because I'm talking about girls. But imagine boys. Even boys don't want to now just take the burden of running the family yeah. and, and, and just being the man of the house. Boys want to cry. Boys are sensitive now. They want to cry, but the society tells them, no, you're strong, you can't cry. Girls want to speak. Boys want to speak up. They say, shut up. You have, em you have emotion. Doesn't matter. You're a boy. You have to keep your emotions inside of you. Girls want to say something. Girls are like, Are but you are a girl. How can you say something? So both boys and girls are told to shut up and not speak because of which they, are, they have got so much inside of that they want to put out. And that's causing in one of the largest mental health crises in the world, in our country. This, this conflict between I'm being told to behave a certain way, but I know because yeah. of the internet and yeah. et cetera, that it doesn't have to be this way. Yeah. And so how do I reconcile those two yes, things? I mean, that's, that's the that root the of the, biggest, of the biggest, crisis. Biggest thing. And, and, and now this is not just a hypothesis for me, right? Uh, I, I would feel this as a teacher. I try to create content to address this on gender to begin with. 
huge success 2 million views five and like some of our uh, pieces of content today are sitting at 10 10 million per episode like 50 million per series when i made a film uh, where i made a series on gender equality so i know that it's that bigger conversation that was happening among young people nobody was addressing it it's only in the last 4 years that bollywood's gotten progressive and now we have female led films and they they're called female led films because so far that's never happened. We've uh, only right on. had male-led films. So it's this so, whole like why we shouldn't even be in a place where we have to call them correct. a female-led film. Yes, it's just a film. It's just a film. Yeah, but the reason you say that is because it's so bizarre novel. that a woman is leading a film that uh. you're like, oh, it's a female-led film. Anyway, so uh, so you were in fact so so uh, so my my um, I understood that this is kind of what was going on as a teacher and as a content creator. I decided to start addressing it, and then. I decided that maybe as if I'm working in another company, I, I there's only so much I can do because of course the company has a larger vision of its own and it wants to make, uh, you know, not necessarily just socially conscious content as well. I moved out. Uh, a lot of this was also um, because I myself went through a period of anxiety. I took a lot of therapy, took a sabbatical because I was just like, again, as a man, I just felt that is this all I'm supposed to do? Just earn money and make money and that's it, right? There must be something more to my life. Uh, ended up starting Yuva with two friends of mine who are uh, filmmakers themselves, Anand Tiwari, Amritpal Bindra. Uh, in fact, it was Amrit's idea, you know, everything you're going through is a company. I said, that makes no sense. It is, no, it is. So decide to start this. Uh, what we did was, I feel I'm very proud of what we did. I mean, you've seen some of the content, but but what comes from behind the content is what I'm really proud of. Last year, we went to 26 cities of India. We went to 70 colleges. We, we spent four months on the road listening to young people. I didn't want to, again, be, you know, another big mistake. And I think one of the worst things we do as content creators is we sit in like glass cabins in Andheri and we're like, this is the youth of India. We just yeah. uh, imagine ourselves. We've never stepped out of Andheri. We have never stepped out of our glass cabins and we have this idea, okay, this is the youth of India. Why? Because I feel like it. No. We wanted to actually know who is the youth of India. So we went across the country. Four months. I personally traveled for four months on the road last year and I just heard young people across. And it blew my mind. Yeah, what'd you what did you find? What, what did I find? That they have so much to say but there's no one to listen. That's okay. so much to say. Young people in our country have never been given the respect of being heard. Uh, uh, there is this saying, okay, it's called Bado ki izzat karo, which means respect your elders. Which also means that in the only time when you have something to say, it's, it's, a very, it's supposed to be a very nice thing. It's supposed to be a very sweet thing that you have to respect your elders. Nothing wrong with it predominantly, right? Except in a patriarchal setup, any time a young person has something to say, the, the elder person would say, shut up, you are young, Bado ki izzat karo. Now, what that does to a young person is that the voice of the young person doesn't ever matter because the only voice that matters is the one of the older person. Why is it never said, Sabki izzat karo, which means respect everybody. A, and it's never said respect young people, which is just a thing. The other thing also that is unfortunately, which is not just an Indian uh, India thing, but like a world and global thing, right? That somewhere the only stories that get respect are the stories that are only voices that get respect are the voices that have achievement behind them. That the reason today I'm sitting on your chat show is because you've seen my profile and you're like, okay, this guy is interesting. We should call him. He's done something in his life, which is great. And that's the only time people are given a mic. You have done something, you've achieved something, you deserve a mic. But that's not how it should be, right? And every young person, every human being on this planet have something inside of them. There's something that they've learned, something they have to express, something they have to, some wisdom they have to give to the world. Why is it that they're never heard? 
But so when I would go to these colleges, I would pretty much tell these young people that, you know, I mean, this is not true. These hypotheses that we have, that your story only matters when you're older, your story only matters when when uh, you've done something is, is explicitly false. If you're a human being, you have a story. If you have a story, you must say it out. We would try and create safe spaces in colleges. We would try and create safe spaces in like um, open mics and just ask young people to express. And then they expressed. Hundreds and hundreds of kids have spoken about things like sexual harassment. Imagine in a classroom of 150 people, there is a young boy or a young girl, I mean boys as well, have gone all the way to the, to the stage, caught on a mic, I said, I've never said this to anyone before. And then the next thing they say is, when I was 4 years old, when I was 7 years old, when I was 11 years old, I was sexually harassed by someone in my family. Mm -hmm. And you're hearing this and you're just like, man, to live with that for this long. People who are, young kids who are talking about, you know, their sexuality. You know, a kid who has been thrown out of his house at 18 because his father thinks that there's something wrong with him because he's bisexual. You know, the kids who have been bullied because of that. Kids who have, literally, whose big thing is that I want to, a doctor in one of India's top medical colleges, a person studying to be a doctor is coming on stage and saying, I'm depressed because I don't want to be a doctor, but my parents think I should be a doctor. Now imagine this guy graduates and starts treating somebody else. Yeah. He himself is depressed as a doctor. How is he going to provide adequate uh, medical care? Most children are, are talking about how their parents don't understand them. That is like the number one problem in India. My parents don't understand me. My parents don't listen to me. My parents don't care about me. But that's what we just realized that if you give the respect of to young people, a platform to young people to hear them out, they will speak up and they'll tell you these things that you'll realize that India has so much that needs to be addressed, but nobody is addressing them. What, what did you hear though? I mean, there, there must have been like two or three things thematically you heard over and over and over Parenting. again. Number one, just the fact that unfortunately in our so, so what has happened, unfortunately, right? And the parental gap, there's always been a generation gap, right? In every generation. Sure, my parents don't understand me. Absolutely, that's right. always been there. Except now, this generation, because of the internet, the gap has exploded. Hmm. Now it's become a communication gap. Why? Because they are on different planets. Parents uh, today still think like parents of, uh, you know, the previous generation, right? I know better than my kids. Why? Because I have more life experience, which is true. Unfortunately, they don't actually have more knowledge than their kids because the kids have had the internet far before them. So when a 40-year-old, 45-year-old, 50-year-old parent tells a kid, I know more than you, that is explicitly false. An 18-year-old kid today knows more than them. Yeah, because they're like, hey, Wikipedia says you're wrong. Exactly. And, and for parents, this is very tough to reconcile with saying that how do I now parent when, my, when this is explicitly false, yeah. they just don't know how to go about it. So, so then the parents are just like, okay, you don't want to listen to me, go to hell. And the kid is like, oh, you don't know respect how to Respect your elders. To Correct, respect <laughs> your elders. You know, and that's all they can say. And the kid is like, you don't understand me. I don't want to talk to you. So there's just that gap that has increased. And the kids now have, an, some. you know, if, if I don't belong to my parents, it's okay because I can belong to the internet. They go online, they go on Instagram, they find communities where they can feel less alone. Imagine a kid who is gay and tells his parent I'm gay and the parent says I'm there's no such thing as gay and you're like okay <coughs> you don't accept me that's fine this kid spends entirely time on the uh, phone in LGBTQ uh, uh, online communities because that's where the, the kid feels hurt that's where the kid feels less alone the, that's where the kid feels like they belong 
This is the, the big, big, big challenge, number one challenge. The second challenge, I would just say, as a society, I think we have, empathy has just gone missing from, you know, society in a very, very large way. Uh, um, the idea of love, you know, in the, for the longest time was romantic love. Anytime anybody talks about love, right, it's like, oh, I have love in my life, which means romantic love, right? Uh, or for example, parental love, or for the example, any other love, but romantic love was the biggest notion. Love has now changed. Love is just somebody who doesn't judge you. If I don't judge you, that is love for people because this is such a big problem that anything you say, any comment today is visible to hundreds of people. Yeah. For anything you say, you are judged. You put any opinion online, no matter what that opinion is informed by or is not informed by, somebody is going to call you an idiot. And then you feel judged. Yeah. Yeah. And if somebody accepts you for every one of the things that you do, that for people is love. Oh my God, I said this stupid thing and this person still likes me and doesn't accept me, doesn't judge me. But there's me. some of that too, right? Because I, I think of my, my wife, and she'll probably kill me for bringing it up, but oh well. <laughs> um, uh, she had posted, this was a couple of years ago, she had posted something fairly innocuous on, I don't know, Facebook or Twitter, and someone like kind of like attacked her for her view on it, yeah. right? And she took it like really super hard. And it was like, you know, just, it's nothing, just ignore it, right? You know, ignore the trolls or whatever. But like, she put something out that she felt, you know, strongly about and like couldn't handle the, I don't know, the sense of rejection or the judgment or something. So how do you, you talk about these kids, yeah. right? I don't want to be alone. I should express myself. Yeah. But when you express yourself and put your view out and yeah. put yourself to open your heart to the world, yeah. like you got, how do you prepare for the inevitable onslaught of no, you know, yeah. I'm gay and I'm gay and I'm here. Oh, you're going to hell or whatever. Like, how yeah. do you how do you prep them for that? Because that shouldn't be some. Well, traditionally, that's not something a 12 year old yeah. had to deal with in the past. Yeah. yeah, but see that that's the that's the reason they have mental health issues, right? Yeah. Like, they want to express themselves, but the moment they express themselves, they're looked down upon. So that's yes. the reason they're just on their phones most of the time, you know. And and a lot of it, you would you would imagine that a lot of the issues that they face is online, but they also find community online. They also find belonging online. They also find these safe spaces on the internet, but there are no safe spaces offline. It is in Indian society, it's far more trickier to tell your parents or to tell your family that you're gay than it is to go online and tell you're gay. Why? Because online there's still a bunch of woke liberal people who are like who accept you or who are part of your larger community. It's far difficult to tell, a, to tell like, in a, in a, a, for a boy, it's far more difficult to say, I want to pursue arts in India than for a boy to say that, like, honestly, it is as bad, you know, as, it's as bad for somebody to say I'm gay, as bad for somebody to say I don't want to be an engineer. That is how <laughs> terrible things are in India for young people. For a girl to say that I am not going to be somebody's wife, that's not going to be looked down. Uh, so actually, the bigger problem in India is the lack of space, safe spaces offline. Yeah. And that is what actually that we've been trying to create offline. So with Yuva, you've been trying to create some of those those spaces yeah. offline. Um, and then uh, kind of take it to online. And use that. Where, where, yeah, where earlier we used to, we used the, the, the traditionally content has worked is online, you kind of put out uh, content and, and then see what happens. And then if, if there is, if there are content companies who want to engage with their community, great. We have done it the other way around. We have gone offline heard these kids, understood what they're going through, turn all of this into data, turn all of this into insight. Use that insight to create the content that we're creating online. We also put some of these stories that they, they have said online uh, and magical things have happened, Nick. I'll, I'll tell you one thing and you will not believe this. This, this has genuinely happened. Uh, 
there's this boy who spoke in one of the open mics that we did about uh, um, you know how this boy is bisexual and his parents don't accept him and how he's got bullied for this but he's is is this lovely you know uh, boy with a lot of resolve who says that but it's okay i'm going to get through this etc etc uh we put up his story online it got a lot of love a uh, lot of people reached out to him you know giving him lots and lots of love now the thing about this boy was this boy had been kicked out of his house by mm. his parents because his parents said that you know well you, there's something wrong with you you must go to a doctor etc etc uh, and they kind of kicked him out saying that society won't accept you that's why we don't accept you when he said this story out he got this so much love you know and this is what the boy did next he uh printed all the dms he got in a scrapbook and then he went to his parents and said to them you told me society will not accept me here society accepting ah! why can't you accept me and then what has happened next is that his father still did not he said okay yeah i'll try that could go that could go a couple of different ways but okay but his mother Oh. He said the mother saw everything for 15 minutes she cried then she came and held his hand and said I'm going to try Jesus and this boy then took a cake <laughs> and came to Bombay he was in a different city he came to Bombay came to our office to say this has happened because oh. of that open mic this is the issues that india is going through and this is the way that people are i mean it's 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 a it's a tough time for these kids so know? that kid has his magical moment right yeah. but he as the young bisexual boy who was rejected yeah. by his parents there's a, there's another kid in gujarat who's in yeah. the same position who yeah. thinks he's by himself yeah. how do you connect that kid with that kid in gujarat exactly through the online stuff yeah. so that's the way that's why the online uh, works is magic right when this boy tells his story there is some other kid in some other part of india who's hearing this story and being like oh my god this has happened to us as well so again like you know there's this one boy who spoke in in pune about how he had been sexually harassed as, and he's like that's when i realized that every when a girl says he, he, he told about how he was sexually harassed and he could not speak up yeah. he froze and he did not know that it was a man i could have beaten that man but i couldn't after i got off i could have taken the the number of his uh, vehicle i couldn't and then i just realized how much of an so I had been to all the women who had ever told me that they were sexually harassed and I would tell them why don't you speak up it's not easy yeah. so he spoke about this in a different city the, the clip had already gone online somebody else had seen that clip because of that this person wanted to tell his story as well for the first time ever that boy went through catharsis because of this boy's story and i'm sure because of his story some other boy somewhere went through catharsis some other boy somewhere went through catharsis and that's the magical stories that's the magic and that's why yuva has been created not just to listen to young people and then to tell out put their story out there in a way that can make them feel less alone make them feel more represented and kind of make them feel like their story matters their voice matters their life matters and india's right now it's india is one of the has the world's biggest youth population 65% of our country is under 35 out of which 50% is under 25 this year nick we are going to be india's largest youth workforce yeah. in the world beating china yeah. right there are more young people getting out into the workforce uh, who are at 21 to 23 this year than ever before in the history of the world and we don't have a clue what they're going through we don't have a clue and and let's not even talk about the fact that there is hardly any jobs available for these kids but even among the jobs that they get are they going to be happy doing those jobs because their jobs have been forced onto them by their parents what is going to happen to our economy in the largest you know when the youth workforce is going into jobs that they don't want and they're not going to be happy in 
what's going to happen to, what what is a mental health crisis that we've seen right now that's going to happen in the next 5 years when they leave these jobs and they don't know what to do not because they're not enough jobs but they've never found the meaning in the jobs that they do because their parents have told them you do this or do that they're going to go try to find love i guess <laughs> yeah, um, well, who knows you know <laughs> uh look let's we're going to have to leave it there and i'm sorry yeah. about that um <laughs> Uh, people want to learn more about Yuva. Yeah. How how can they find out more? Uh, we are on uh, you know all social media channels and and our uh, most uh, the biggest presence is on Instagram. Okay. Uh, we are on V R Yuva. Okay. W E A R E Y U V W. Okay. Uh, and uh, what we are also doing, by the way, is this year again we are going on a road show. Uh, so we are going to fifty city, uh, fifty colleges. We are going to twenty cities. I'm going in February again. Uh, this time we're calling it the Road Show of Kindness. The Yuva Road Show of Kindness. We want to spend a little. bit of empathy uh uh hear these stories i think stories also i think create empathy that's the most beautiful thing about stories uh instagram india has actually come on board because they feel that we are making instagram a positive space uh we are going to we have also started this movement online called the 366 days of kindness so from january 1 to january to the to oh, the leap year yeah. is a leap year yeah. so to till the end of december uh this year every single day we are putting up one post about kindness and when we go on the road show we are going to be asking more people to join in and uh, yeah so we just want to do a bit in kind of making young people feel less alone and spreading a little bit of empathy well thank you i i feel a little bit better about life today <laughs> so this was cathartic for me just talking to you um, <laughs> nikhil taneja uh, ceo co-founder of yuva today with us on the charcha cast uh, there'll be more information in the description uh, thanks for joining us today we'll see you next time thank you for having me nick <laughs> thanks